Another trade deadline come and gone for your New England Patriots, and Bill Belichick channels his inner Howie Mandel and says, no deal. Stick around. You're about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage and also your first listen every day. Remember, Lockdown Patriots is available on all platforms, including YouTube. So download, subscribe to follow to make sure that you get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I'm your host, Mike DeBate. I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated. So reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on Twitter, the Bird app, X, whatever you want to call it, at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there showing some social media love to Locked On Patriots, follow our account there as well at L-O underscore Patriots. And today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And Patriots fans, happy Halloween and happy trade deadline day or unhappy trade deadline day. If a lot of you out there are unhappy that the New England Patriots once again stood pat on the trade deadline. Josh Uche. Kyle Duggar, Michael Wainu, Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Mills, Hunter Henry, Mike Gusecki, all these players were talked about being possibly moved, all remain New England Patriots. And we're breaking it all down for you here today on Locked On Patriots. And of course, folks, I say we because I am joined by the legendary Green King of Sting himself, Thomas Murphy of E2G Sports, who was chomping at the bit to get in here because he predicted here yesterday on Locked On Patriots the Patriots would not make a single move on the day. He was right. So in order to give him his tribute, I welcome in the Don of Locked On Patriots, Thomas Murphy. Thank you for coming to me in friendship today. Don Murphy. Called it. No, and, and <laughs> he did. the entire Twitterverse losing their mind that, you know, the Patriots have been talking to this person and this person, this team has been in contact. No, no, called it. <laughs> there were there there were um yep. there were phone calls made uh I mean accepted there there might have been a couple phone calls made but I told you they they're not going they weren't going to do anything they weren't going to do it nobody was going to get brought in nobody was going to get shipped off and and that's exactly what happened it, it, because you know you need bodies okay right you mm. you need bodies they and right now the Patriots are too banged up to ship people out. And there was nobody move, being moved mm. around for a price that you were going to add to to this, you know, now two and two and six team. No, it, it wasn't. You know, it, it just wasn't. It wasn't going to happen. The Patriots are two and six. There is no denying that this team right now were within their rights to be sellers at the trading deadline. And I don't think too many people would have blamed them if they said, OK, we're punting on this season. We're looking fully toward 2024, maybe even 2025 and a full rebuild. But when you're not getting that value in return and all you're hearing is late round picks in return for guys like Kyle Duggar, mm -hmm. Michael Wainu, yeah. Josh Uche, 
it's nope. not worth it to pull that trigger. And I think in a lot of ways, the Patriots showed uh, temperance, and I think they showed smart restraint when it came yeah. to their activity at the deadline on uh, on Tuesday afternoon. But they did; they really did. Um, I mean, for for what they was being offered, they would probably end up getting. Um, more back in compensation picks next year, depending on who they brought in with, um, with, uh, within free agency and, and how that all works out. It's, it's, it was ridiculous. And like I said, they're just not deep enough. There are not enough bricks in this wall to go and sell off these kind of players. And quite frankly, we talked about it last week, you know, um, this is it, if you're not looking at some of these players as impact players, you're looking mm-hmm. at them as depth. And they're going to be bringing in um, more people next year with the amount of uh, cap space that they have, with the draft picks that they have, especially with where they're going to be picking in the draft, the way things are looking right now. There are going to be impact players available then. And these guys will slide in as depth. It, there's uh, Bill will do what Bill does. He'll tell these guys, go ahead out and see what you can find on the open market and then come back and we'll talk. All right. It, um if extensions were going to happen, they would have happened back in August or you know September at the very latest. And uh, right now, it's like Bill's going to let these guys hit free agency, and then he's going to sign them to what he thinks is a fair value for to play here. Yeah, and you look at guys, especially like Duggar, like a Wayne, who I believe the Patriots see as cornerstones, and it would not shock me to see both of these guys extended. Yeah, so it wouldn't ahead. shock me to see uh, on way you get uh, franchised. Yeah, and that is definitely a distinct possibility. And folks, we're going to talk about all the ins and outs and the contract details of what this means a little later this week when our good friend Miguel Benzon, the Pats cap himself, joins us here. He's going to talk potential contract extensions, what they look like for all three of those players that we just described. So you definitely want to stay locked into Locked On Patriots for that. But I think the Patriots look at Duggar and Awenu as cornerstones these guys that they want to build around i think they're going to try to bring them back and do whatever they can reasonably to bring them back in a patriots uniform Uche is interesting to me because um prior to today's deadline one of the biggest questions that i got in my twitter dms from people that you know reach out to me for insight on the team wanted to know why the patriots would either think about uh, trading josh Uche, or mostly it was why would they think about even holding on to him A lot of people believe that the Patriots are not going to have the cash or not willing to spend the cash to re-sign him. Greener pastures probably will be available elsewhere, outside of New England, for Josh Uche to come in and be a cornerstone linebacker for a lot of uh, needy franchises out there. But a couple of people that I spoke to close to the team earlier this week, Murph, had something very, very interesting to say about Uche. They went a, a little above and beyond to praise him. You don't do that if someone's on their way out. And that's why I always believed that Uche was likely remaining here in New England for at least the remainder of the season. They praised his speed. They they praised his athleticism. They used the term system savvy. And I think this is something that is interesting when it comes to Josh Uche. That, to me, is why I think he's become a significant factor in this pass rush and someone that may be a little difficult for the Patriots to part with for merely a fifth or sixth or seventh round pick. I understand that draft capital can be valuable, folks, but you know what you've got in Josh Uche. You never know what you're going to get in unknown draft capital. And he can succeed here as an edge rusher. He can succeed as an off-the-ball linebacker. 
Um, because they've given him greater freedom in his playing style the last couple of years, especially last year alongside Matthew Judon, that allows him to play on the line when the Patriots want to play the 5-1. They can play the 4-2. He can play the 4-3. And yep. also, when they move back and they run that more traditional 3-4, Boucher is adaptable. So guys that can fit into that type of scheme, no matter what it is, are really, I think, ultimately valuable. And I think the Patriots realized that when they saw Chase Young go for a third rounder earlier uh, today, and folks, we are going to talk about Washington's moves in just a minute, but yeah. I think they looked at that and decided that the return on investment was simply not that great. They, they want to take additional looks at this kid because if they like what they see, don't be a bit surprised to see the Patriots make an effort to keep Josh Uche around. I know there are a lot of guys in Foxborough that still think very highly of him. Oh sure, and and you could see it in in the last uh, couple of drafts. Guess guess what position they didn't take in the last two drafts? Linebacker. Mm, very good. Point. Okay, there was no there was no linebackers. The last time that the Patriots took a linebacker, I think it was McGrone in like the fifth round, and we all know mm -hmm. how well that worked out. Okay, and yeah. that's that's <laughs> the pick that's the pick that um that the Patriots were being offered. They were being offered fourth, fifth round picks. And impact guys at that position are not available in the fourth or fifth round. And yes, you can talk about, you know, uh, stacking capital and being able to move up this, that, and the other. Bill Bill doesn't move up an awful lot, folks. He doesn't. Mm, it's it's the yeah. rarity that he he significantly moves up. He's more more likely using one of those one of the top picks to move down and get more second round picks mm. than he is to move up from the fifth round or the fourth round to find that impact guy. That impact guy at linebacker, he ain't there. Just not there. Some of you out there listening feel strongly that the Patriots needed draft capital more than they needed to hold on to three guys with expiring contracts. Yeah, I think you have an argument, but just wanted to let you see both sides of the picture and determine whether or not return on investment really is the smart move here. I think in time you're going to see that the Patriots holding on to these three guys, even if one of them walks, was still the right move for the team at this point in right. time. Because when you start selling off these assets, it does send a message to this team as it well. Does. And with a lot of young That's guys under point. contract next year, you don't want to start selling off assets and saying, okay, we're hunting this season. We have no faith in you. Right. Guys coming back are going to wonder, well, that says an awful lot about us. Um, you know, that's something that Bill Belichick takes very seriously. And I can tell you that team morale and team spirit is something that this team builds. You hear all of the expatriates, Murph, talk about this constantly. And it really does factor into the way these guys do business. It's not the way every team does business, no. but it is the way that Patriots do it for better or for worse. But the, the, the Patriot way, just it, it's not something that you can put into a bottle and say that this is the Patriot. It's the Patriot way of going about drafting. It's the Patriot way of going about team building. It's the Patriot way of going about everything that 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 comes into putting together a uh a cohesive locker room and a cohesive team. Uh, it, it's not just one certain thing. It's uh, how they do things here in New England that differs from everybody else in the way that they put their team together and the way that they run their teams. And and quite frankly, this is it. Uh, it was not worth moving these assets for what they were being offered to uh, offered back for them. And um, as, as Mike said. Uh, when you are looking at, at, at the fine print, 
All right. This is this was the the best thing for the Patriots going forward because nobody was knocking them out for the the assets that other people wanted. And ultimately, folks, we'll see if the New England Patriots made the right move today. It's going to be a few months before we really know for sure whether or not they did maintain uh, these players and whether or not the players that they held on to remain long-term solutions yeah. for the Patriots. It's going to be um, March. We'll find out in the coming months. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be it March. Be. It's It'll going to be, be April. Well it's, not, it's, not even going to be, it's not even going to be in yeah. this season. Before we take our leave of the Patriots' activity or non-activity on trade deadline day, Murph, um, Ezekiel Elliott, Trent Brown, Jalen Mills, Mike Gusecki, Hunter Henry, all players on expiring contracts. A lot of people thought maybe one of them could have been moved. There was conflicting reports early on uh, Tuesday morning that Ezekiel Elliott teams were inquiring on Zeke services. Uh, those were kind of you know cold water coals uh, in the, toward the afternoon. But uh, your thoughts on those players? Are you surprised any one of those guys was not moved? No, I'm I'm really not. It would it I I'm not saying it would have shocked me, but um the return probably mm -hmm. would have shocked me because somebody would have had to overpay to get those guys. Again, folks, it comes back to the return that you're going to get on investment and the likelihood that you're going to be able to keep some of these guys here long term. I'm almost certain that the Patriots are going to try to extend Hunter Henry at some point. Trent Brown is someone that could end up being a negotiation in the offseason where he does what he did last year, test the free agent waters, go look around, ends up back in New England because he feels it's the best fit for him. No. Um, Jalen Mills, Mike Gusecki, we'll see what happens to them the, next the, year. The Patriots did try to mm -hmm. move Mike Gusecki. There were, there were no takers for Mike Gusecki. Yeah. And I think that you know stands into line with the fact that he's on an expiring contract. He's someone yep. that does give you a lot of positional versatility. Uh, maybe it's not the fit that the Patriots expected when they first signed him uh, back in March. Uh, the emergence of Pharaoh Brown definitely right. makes these guys a little more expendable. But ultimately, the Pats are going to be sticking with that three tight end set. So... Claire is going to be very happy for her tight endage, but uh, we'll see what uh, that means for Mac Jones, Hunter Henry, Farrell Brown, and then Mike Gusecki uh, down the line as well. I expect him to be maybe a little bit more heavily involved in the offense, especially with a loss of Kendrick Bourne. And we're going to talk right. about Kendrick in just a moment, folks, because a lot of that's going to shift. But the New England Patriots may not have been active on trade deadline day, but their week nine opponents, the Washington Commanders, yeah, they were. They sold off their top two pass rushers, and it's looking like a full rebuild in Washington. What impact could it have on this Sunday's game against the Pats at Gillette Stadium? Murph and I are going to discuss that in just a moment when this trade deadline episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown listeners, when it comes to game day, the only thing just as important as cheering on your favorite team is making sure that your game day table is well stocked. Why root for your team on an empty stomach? Order on DoorDash and save on all of your favorite football watch party favorites. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery, guess what, folks? They're on the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. You can even get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers, order all of your tailgate gear right on DoorDash, and then get ready to watch your team win. After all, Patriots fans, nothing says game day like some wings, am I right? Well, now you can enjoy the hickory smoked wings in any of their 14 delicious sauce flavors from Bites at Patriots Place. 
That's right. It's just like a piece of Gillette Stadium delivered right to your door just in time for kickoff with DoorDash. So act now and you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. That's when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKED23. So don't delay, do it today. And don't forget to use the code LOCKED23, L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Patriots fans, thank you once again for taking time out of your Halloween Tuesday, your trade deadline day to spend with us here on Locked On Patriots. Thomas Murphy of E2G Sports joining us today to break down all the ins and outs, the ups and downs of a pretty uneventful trade deadline for the New England Patriots. And of course, the Pats not making any moves. Kyle Duggar, Michael Wainum, Josh Uche, Mike Gusecki, Hunter Henry, uh, all of the players that we've talked about potentially being moved, all still New England Patriots folks. But the Washington Commanders are the next team up on the schedule, Murph. This Sunday, 1 p.m., Gillette Stadium. The Commanders all of a sudden are going to be a little bit lighter in their defense. Montez Sweat, Chase Young now calling different places home. They will not be traveling with the team to uh, Foxborough on Sunday. Montez Sweat going to the Chicago Bears, of course, for a second-round draft pick. And then, of course, you've got Chase Young going to the San Francisco 49ers, making an already formidable defense, downright scary for a third-rounder. But with Washington now, all of a sudden, How many pass rushers do you need? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Somebody got Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch on the phone. They're definitely going to tell you you can never have too many. You can never have enough. Yeah, that defense is going to be formidable. Uh, San Francisco right now uh, looking pretty good defensively, and that's a team that you know definitely can do their thing offensively as well. So bottom line, the New England Patriots now facing, again, if you're talking about a team that's held on to all of its assets, that means that the Patriots are most likely going to try to win as many games as they possibly can this year. And I think Mac Jones' job of staying clean in the pocket just got a little bit easier. But Murph, when you take a look at these moves, first of all, were you surprised by Washington's moves? And second of all, what type of impact do you think it's going to have on this game this weekend against the Pats? Oh, it's going to have a huge impact. Um, they, they, uh, Washington, you know, we'll take the second part for Washington just got uh, much lighter in the pants on the defensive side of the ball. These guys uh, brought the pressure and brought it on every single down. Um <clears throat> When they wanted to play, especially Young, when he wanted to play, he was basically unstoppable. You, you wait until you see what's going to happen out there mm-hmm. on the West Coast. It, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's going to significantly change um, the uh, the outlook of the game and the smiles on the faces of uh, many a, uh, a Patriot uh, um, offensive lineman on Sunday. And then, of course, everybody is definitely, uh, you know, well aware of what Chase Young brings to the table. I mean, this kid is one of the best and most fearsome pass rushers when he's healthy. And he's been banged up an awful lot. There's been a lot of health issues with Chase Young without any question. Um, But I also want to give a little bit of love to Montez Sweat as well. This is a very good move for the Chicago Bears. And to tell you the truth, Murph, this was actually the guy I was a little more worried about than Chase Young coming into this matchup because with Trent Brown and Michael Wainu as the bookends, 
you knew that the Patriots were going to do everything they could to try to seal the edges and make sure that Mac Jones remained clean on his blind side and on the strong side. So right. if that's the case, now taking sweat out of the equation, um, that to me, I think, makes the job a little bit easier. 68 regular season and playoff games for the, uh, the Commanders, 36 and a half sacks, nine forced fumbles, one interception since arriving in Washington as the 26th overall pick in 2019. He's only 27 years old. Bears definitely got a good defender here, but the fact that now Young and Sweat are going to be absent in this matchup, you have to think if the Patriots want to utilize Mac Jones to his full potential and keeping him clean, keeping him upright and comfortable, it's a good opportunity for the Pats to showcase what they can do offensively. What does it do for Bill O'Brien now, who's going to be scheming to go against this defense? Does it make them more likely to test the intermediate areas of this field, knowing right. that there are going to be two major gaps there. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. It's going to give um, it's going to give Mac that extra tick, extra tick and a half in the uh, in mm. the protection department to allow guys to to get down the field a little more. You're going to see more of those intermediate passes. You're going to see more of those uh, those longer passes that everybody keeps screaming about. You know, uh, the, the the 15, the 18, the 20 yard pass down the field, along with the um, the moving around of uh, the personnel on the on the um, Patriots side of the ball at wide receiver. These guys are going to have more time to get downfield and get open. And you'll see Mac hopefully uh, connect on some of those balls. Yeah, absolutely. And a guy that we mentioned in the previous segment, Mike Gusecki, this benefits big pass catchers, folks, whether it be in the red zone or whether it be in the short to intermediate areas of the open field would not be a bit surprising for Patriots fans to be glad for at least one week that Mike Gusecki is still in the New England Patriot. This could be an opportunity for him to break out a little bit Hunter Henry, definitely expect a little bit more in him to be targeted and always keep your eye on Farrell Brown. Now, the highest graded tight end, according to Pro Football Focus, Murph, you've been singing his praises. So have I yep. here on these airwaves. It's good to see uh, Farrell get his just due. But, folks, it's going to be a lot of fun and very interesting to see how these matchups shake out. And Murph and I are going to continue to talk about that in just a moment because, as we alluded to earlier, now that we know that the top end of this Patriots roster is staying put for the foreseeable future, now comes the unenviable task of deciding who gets the extra snaps left behind by Kendrick Bourne. Murph and I talked about it a little bit yesterday. I'm going to go into greater detail today. Now that we know who's going to be around, when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown listeners, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to make the most of your NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
Pats fans, the trade deadline may have come and gone, but Murph and I are eternal here on Locked On Patriots, and we continue to try to bring you the best possible coverage we can. A tip in the cap to all of you everydayers out there and all of you casual listeners and a few of you first-timers out there as well for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage today on trade deadline day. And Murph, in the previous segments, we talked about the Patriots not making any moves on the trade deadline and how we feel that it actually is in the best interest of the Patriots to do what they did. They just simply didn't get enough return on investment to make these moves worthwhile. We talked about Washington's moves and any potential impact on Sunday's game. But now that the Patriots pretty much have the top end of their roster set for at least the remainder of the season, now I think the biggest personnel question on this team becomes who takes the reps that are left behind by Kendrick Bourne? The usual suspects list is there. Demario Douglas, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, Jalen Rager, Tyquan Thornton, Kayshawn Butte. We know that Douglas is probably going to be your number one option. I think yeah. that's pretty clear. But beyond that, you look at the remaining five guys on this roster, and it really could be a case of whoever is able to step up and show this Patriots offensive coaching staff that they're capable of handling the load on the perimeter and being that type of player that can make plays when needed because Kendrick was so good at that. Yeah. Murph, I'm not going to ask you who replaces Kendrick Bourne because no one can replace Kendrick Bourne, but who do you expect to see additional looks for right off the bat when the Patriots take the field as soon as this Sunday against the Commanders? That's a great question, Michael, and it all depends on game planning. All right. It, will it be Ty Montgomery? Will it be Jalen Ragor? Um, you know, you know, it definitely um, Tyquan Thornton's time to shine. Coming in here, being able to um, to pull the top off of this and create some more room for those other guys that are uh, are going to be working the intermediate, uh, you know, portion of the field. Uh, that guy is is definitely needed. And um, so, yeah, I, I think that those those gentlemen are going to be. Uh, the top choices coming out on on Sunday afternoon, and uh, and they're gonna you, you know it, it's next man up time. It's it's next man up time. So I do not see Butte uh, making it on the field. I don't. I think mm -hmm. that uh, he has just yeah. rubbed too many people the wrong way. I think you know we brought it up uh, last week about his his little. Um, Oh, which social media app is that? You know me. I don't do the social media apps where he put out on, uh, I um, forget which one it was, Free Me. I think it was Instagram. Uh, was it Instagram, an Instagram yeah. story or something where he was saying Free Me? This is not Instagram. the way to get on the field, people. It's just not. And I and and I'm, it's going to shock a lot of mm -hmm. people. Um, but it, 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 it would shock me more if he was active on Sunday than if he was a, a healthy scratch again. Yeah, as much as I really enjoyed watching Keishon Butte all throughout mm -hmm. training camp, and I did, folks, and I was really high on this pick when the yep. Patriots made it. Very low risk, very potential high reward. He's got all the intangibles, folks, and mm. that's what's so frustrating about this is that you look at him, and he has the ability to be an explosive big play threat. Well-sized, not the biggest wide receiver no. out there, but well-sized, 6 feet, 195 pounds. He's going to be tough to bring down after the catch. He's built well to be able to sustain tackling. Um, he can make his body, he can adjust his body to make contested catches. We saw him do it at LSU. 
And there was a lot of promise coming out of this pick. But again, Patriots see things that us mere mortals don't see on a daily basis. And attitude is a big part of whether or not you see the field in New England, for better or for worse, folks. I've been critical of Bill Belichick and calling it Belichick. It's double secret probation. And, right. you know, talking about how, you know, Belichick is playing Dean Wormer. There may be a reason why he has to play Dean Wormer. Yeah. So, you know what? We're going to look and we're going to see over the course of these next few weeks whether or not it is attitude based. Because if Kayshawn's not getting his shot now, it's difficult to envision right. him getting a shot down the line. I, I think you're on to something, Murph. As much as it does pain me to admit, not to admit that you're, you know, that you're right. That never no. pains me, but it pains me to admit that you're right about Kayshawn <clears throat> because I really had high hopes for him. So we'll see, folks. In my estimation, this is the time where we need Juju Smith-Schuster to step up. And whether or not that's going to happen, folks, I know a lot of you are probably rolling your eyes, uh, but this is where we need the guy that the Patriots saw last year, the one that got 141 yards above expectation last yep. year, the one that averaged 5.8 yards after the catch per reception. I understand where he was playing. I understand who was throwing him the ball. But when you're that good at being able to draw yards after the catch, you have to showcase it. And Bill O'Brien is someone that can scheme yards after the catch as well as any offensive coordinator in this league. If Mac Jones is going to find his weapon to do that, he's got to develop a better synergy with Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he needs to step up and be that yak machine Patriots need, especially without someone like Kendrick. And folks, don't be a bit surprised to see Jalen Rager get a few extra looks. And again, Murph, I think this feeds quite nicely into what you said about Kayshawn. Yeah. I think Kayshawn would probably be more of a necessity if they didn't have someone like Jalen Rager on this roster right, right now. 4.47 40-yard dash speed, that's definitely lightning if he can catch yep. it. But his ability to add more motion into the offense, primarily at the snap, is where I think he's going to be utilized. So this could be something where you see Jalen maybe go back to his collegiate days uh, or maybe somewhere we saw it with Philadelphia and Minnesota. Utilize him in the backfield on specialized packages that could be where he helps um, fill some of the void that Kendrick had in that area mm -hmm. because we know that Kendrick loved his jet sweeps back there, and he was very good at dialing right. them up. He really was. He really was. And and I said last week I gave out my my super secret key that you only heard right here that it was it was going to be Demario Douglas in the backfield. But no, I agree with you. He could he could be the guy. Oh, and I think you are going to see Demario Douglas do that, folks. I think Murph is absolutely right onto something. But if the Patriots want to keep their options open, it's always good to know that you have two guys that can do it. They had it in Douglas and in Bourne, and I think that could have been a nice tandem, uh, maybe even a little trickery here and there every right. now and then sprinkled in. You don't have Bourne back there anymore, anymore nope. folks. Who's going to do it? I know they had hopes that for Tyquan Thornton to do it, but until he proves he's healthy enough and capable of carrying the load, give Jalen Rager a shot. Let's see what he's got. And go. if he does, there's first-round talent there, Murph. There's no question about right. it. Maybe you stumbled onto something, and maybe you can catch lightning in a bottle uh, with a player that could be a solid number three for you uh, throughout the remainder of this season. But ultimately, um, of course, anyone that saw social media earlier on Tuesday, he is going to get his rehab now, and he's looking forward and looking to next season. We talk all about players in their contract years. Kendrick is in his contract year. We hope yep. maybe the Patriots are able to keep him around and keep him here uh, and really see what he can do because he was developing such a great uh, rebirth here in New England. Exactly. We, we said it on, we said it on Monday that, you know, walk in, walk into his, uh, 
his hospital room, offer him a, an extension right now, a, a two-year extension, just to, just to, to keep him um, uh, focused on, on his return and his return here in New England. This is a guy that really enjoys playing here. And uh, finding those guys is few and far between when you have to make the sacrifices uh, to play here. And, um, you know, like I said, if you can if you can go and find what Matthew Slater had to say about um, about him this week, go and find it. You know, it, it was it was so true and nobody could could say it any better that uh, this kid is just a joy to be around. He loves playing the game of football, and that's the type of guy that you want as as a part of your team. I don't know what the issue was last year with uh, with Tweedledee and him, but it, it, it's, it's, it's worked out this season. It's only gotten better as the year has gone along, and I would. I would roll the dice on, on this kid, um, you know, twice every Sunday. he's just that he's just that great a guy so well said and you find very few athletes very few people in any walks of life that are more eloquent than matthew slater when he describes what a player's impact is not just on the field folks but most importantly in the locker room from an emotional and a spiritual connection i think there's definitely something there kendrick is just one of the good guys you want to keep around and hopefully it does mean um a a greater future for him here in new england but Murph, the roster is set for better or for worse, and the Patriots are moving forward. And we're going to continue to move forward here on Locked On Patriots, folks, because we still have a Washington Commanders crossover episode coming at you this week with David Harrison, host of Locked On Commanders, my colleague also at Sports Illustrated. You're not going to want to miss that one. David is one of the best in the business. I'm certainly looking forward to it. And, of course, don't forget, later this week, Miguel La Pat's Cat Benzon coming on to talk about all of your financial questions, and we're going to discuss contracts as well. Maybe we'll talk a little Kendrick Bourne potential deal, but definitely extension talk when it comes to the Patriots' big three coming up in Uche and Duggar and, of course, in Michael Wainu. But right. what can I say, my friend? Thank you so much for pulling back-to-back duties, coming in, taking the ball for the handoff whenever I need you. You are truly the Don here on Locked On Patriots. I appreciate you. And before I let you go, bud, please let everyone know where they can expect to find you and where they can absorb your great work coming up for the remainder of the week from the great pen, the great voice of Thomas Murph. Ah, check me out on Zitter at tmurf207. And of course, you know, run on over to e2gsports.com and click on, uh, you know, just about anything that's going on over there. Absolutely, folks. Anytime Murph t- puts pen to paper, voice to microphone, appointment listening appointment viewing you're going to be entertained and like i always say you're going to be well informed and you can't ask for anything else as a sports fan in the meantime folks i thank you for joining us here today on locked on patriots and hopefully for making us your first choice each and every day locked on patriots is always a proud part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and in that vein i am your host mike debate and on behalf of my good friend my co-host my cohort in crime host days on the week thomas murphy of e2gsports.com i remind you to stay safe and to stay well and to be the change that you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you back here again tomorrow on Locked on Patriots. We told you. Nothing's happening. Nothing. Murph said it. Called it. it. He called it. Called it.